you're listening to episode two. your girl Krishan Dene, founder of moneywithdene.com, a personal finance blog dedicated to helping and inspiring you to achieve financial independence. You're listening to episode two of the Money with Dene show, a show inspired by you, people who are on their journey to FI or thinking about starting one. This show will focus on people who are in the middle, in the middle of their debt-free journey like me, or who are on their way to financial independence. Let's hop into the show. titled this episode, The Process, because I've been asked a few times about what my process was to getting started on a debt-free journey and maintaining that journey long enough to go from having so much debt, more debt than I can ever imagine, to paying off more than $81,000 of debt in two years. Let me repeat myself (laughs) because this is a big moment for me. I've been on my journey for the last two years. I started my journey in August, 2018, and this month marks my two year mark. And I am so proud of myself and so happy to tell the world that I've officially paid off $81,944, yes. So that's what I'm gonna talk about today. I'm gonna break down my entire process that I went through the first six months of my journey, every single thing that I went through so that you don't have to spend your next six months trying to figure it out on your own. Hopefully my process and the things that I went through can help you on your journey. On the blogs. On my blog and also in my one-on-one sessions that I have with clients, I talk about these three simple steps to financial independence. And I think these are super vital for you to go through before you stop everything and try to hop into whatever crazy journey that you have your heart set on, no matter if that's paying off a house in only five years or paying your student loans off in five years or 10 years of definitely shorter than what they sign you up for, or if you are saving a million dollars towards your retirement. These three simple steps are number one, mindset, number two, organization, and number three, behavioral change. The first step to becoming financially independent starts with the mind. Before you start thinking about your FI plan, be real with yourself about money. Like this is the perfect time for you to sit down with yourself and ask yourself some questions that will help you determine if you're serious about this process, if this is something that you can really do, um, Will you have the support? You know, like all of these different things that can help you. Some questions that I wrote down for myself when I first started was, you know, why do I want to be debt free? Ask yourself this. Why do you want to be debt free? What does financial independence mean to you? What will you be able to accomplish once you are debt free? And what would you do with your life? What does your life look like? And then also you want to think about if you did take this journey, how would this journey impact you? Um, Some people are married. Some people have children. Some people have parents that are getting older. How will this journey affect you? And then also how will it affect your family? Um, And then, you know, you start thinking positively, like if I did, if I was to do this journey, how will it affect my generations to come? 
thought-provoking questions like this are super important. Like I cannot hit on that hard enough. I can't hit on it any more than just saying it's really important for you to do that because these questions help shape, reshape your mindset of years of negative thoughts that you probably had about money. It helps you reshape your intentions and it also helps you get rid of bad money habits because you've created this structure around why you're actually doing this plan and then you have something to go back to to remember why you decided to do it in the first place. Before I started my debt-free journey, I allowed myself to dig deep into the plans that I had for my future. I wrote down my goals several times. I'm still writing down my goals because they're still changing and evolving as I go through this journey. I also dreamt about my future. I practiced gratitude. I um, learned how to let things go and focus on things that truly matter. I also got excited. I was very excited about what was to come, excited about the results that I was expecting. I was excited before I even paid off my first thousand dollars of debt because I knew that eventually I would pay off the hundred thousand dollars of debt. When I did all of this and had my, my mind shifted and had my plan in place, I felt more determined and even more disciplined to see the journey through because I knew why I was doing it and I was motivated because of those reasons. So as you can see, it worked for me and hopefully it'll work for you. So um, other than reading books and listening to other podcasts, um, there were also two additional things that helped me change my mindset about money. I discovered, I was one day on YouTube and I discovered Ashanti Johnson's TED Talk it's called The Power of Visualization. If you ever get a chance to go watch her TED Talk, it's really, really good. She's um, a fitness instructor and owner of 360 Mind, Body, and Soul, which is a fitness brand that combines physical fitness with mental fitness. And in her TED Talk, she talks about how every day for one year, she would daydream about her business, about her future, and she let go of doubt, she let go of fear, and she let go of judgment. And take this um, process really helped me learn how to fully see every part of my future self. It helped me to see myself being financially independent. It helped me see helped me see myself being debt free more clearly, not just like, oh, I'm going to be 35 and I'll be debt free. I used her process to actually see like, what, what will I be doing when I wake up that morning and I'm debt free? What would I eat? You know, what car would I drive? What clothes would I put on? Who would I go see? Who would I pick up the phone? Who, I, who would I call? Where would I go to work? What would I do? Every single little detail. And it helped me really see myself in the future. And it gave me the motivation that I needed. The second thing was practicing gratitude through volunteering and also practicing minimalism, learning more about different methods of choosing things to bring into your life and letting go things out of your life. Um, there's a process called KonMari method that I learned about also. And some of those principles help shape my practice of learning how to be more thankful for the things that I have, thankful for the things that I can afford, and thankful for things that I choose to bring into my life and then letting go things that I don't want in my life. 
With minimalism, I learned to live with fewer material possessions, and that helped me with anxiety, to be honest. And I don't practice extreme minimalism, but I do believe in the principles of living a more purpose-driven life with things that serve you. And this new concept actually taught me how to be grateful for the things that I have. The KonMari method actually encouraged me to embrace my desire for organization. Like I love to organize. Um, I love to put things in order. And actually, if you look it up, when you have a more organized space, it helps you think better. It helps you perform better. It gives you a new um, energy that allows you to be a better person in the world. And I really believe in organizing and having a, a, a clean, organized space. A lot of people think like, oh, you know, this is my mess and you know I can find things in my mess sometimes the stress that they're dealing with on a day-to-day um, it's caused by having an unorganized space or unorganized clutter somewhere or maybe you're unorganized in a certain aspect of your life and all of that can affect you and I learned to embrace that with the KonMari method I learned to let things go that don't spark joy <laughs> and this you know helped me um, be more mindful and reflective and forward thinking by practicing some of her methods for less than a couple of months. And I really um, owe that to her. And speaking of organization, the second most crucial step to financial independence is to organize, to get everything you will ever need for your process in one place so you don't have to agonize about where you are in your journey and if you feel lost and you can't find anything. And when you decide to get serious about your journey, you'll realize that organization is something that you need. When I decided to get serious about my debt payoff, I noticed that I was more successful when I actually organized my money. I knew what my net worth was at all times. I knew how much I had in investments at all times. I knew my bank account balance at all times. And I knew exactly when my bills were going to be paid in full or when they were due. It wasn't like, oh, it's September and my car tag is due and I didn't have that in my budget, but it's like I was organized and I knew that it was coming. So I had already budgeted for that back in January because I I had everything organized and I knew exactly when to pay it. The key for being organized is is having the right tools though. You have to have the right tools in place to help you organize, to help you stay organized on your journey and through your journey. It's like a, a task. It's something that you have to actively do. You can't just organize on Monday and expect by Friday for everything to still be organized. You have to organize on Monday. You have to check in on Wednesday. You have to reorganize on Friday. So when you wake up on Saturday, you're still in a good place. So you have to just keep that in mind. Some tools that have helped me um, when I first started was a journal. Um, you can also use your note section in your phone for notes, for ideas. Um, you can also invest in a filing cabinet or create a section in your drawer for your financial paperwork. Don't have your financial paperwork all over the place or on several different drawers and you can't find it. For me, I don't like 
paper everywhere. So most of my bills come through my email and I get like a statement or a notice. And usually they sometimes still send it to my house. And what I would do is just throw it in the trash because I already have it organized and I I don't like to keep papers piling up in the home. So I would suggest that if you don't want a filing cabinet or a drawer, you know, make sure you have space where you can keep it digitally. Also, um, whether it's digitally or in your filing cabinet, make sure you create a folder for each of your financial responsibilities because this helps you keep everything organized so you can have a place for your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, medical notices, bank statements, auto loans, insurance, your student loans, whatever financial responsibilities that you have, make sure that you have a space for that. I don't know about you, but it's like if you need to go find something really quickly and you can't find it, you get stressed out about it. You get mad about it. You don't want to do it again. And it makes you feel unmotivated about the journey. This podcast is brought to you by The Money Academy with Danae. Are you ready for financial independence but not quite sure how to get started? Go to moneywiththanae.com and click on schedule a one-on-one with me and let's talk about money. There's also tools like Credit Karma, Mint, and Status. They are, they're online, they're apps, and they help you see where you stand at all times for clarity of mind. I love Credit Karma because it's great for monitoring your credit score. Um, I like Mint which does the same thing, but it also helps you keep track of your spending for free. Um, Mint has helped me to discover things about myself that I did not know um, since the beginning of my journey. Like back, I believe the first year I used Mint, I was very surprised that I was spending between $500 and $700 just on food every month. (laughs) And if you're ever curious about where you stand in relation to other people that are your age, status. If you go to status.com, it's a great website to track your net worth and to see how you compare to other people that are your age in your country. So those are some three tools that I love to use every day and they're free. Other tools include a virtual and physical calendar to add important dates that you don't want to miss. So in case you're need to move money around for an emergency. I like to have calendars everywhere that shows me the due dates of my bills or when I'm getting paid. And that helps me to feel more in control over my money. Before I started my journey, I didn't feel like I controlled my money. I felt like money controlled me. I felt like I would work and then I get this money and then I had to like just go where the money went because it was coming out of my account from left to right. Either it was food or bills or debt that I just not, I didn't know what was going on. But when I created a calendar for myself, it helped me to be organized with all of my accounts and all of my due dates and all of my bills. I have a calendar on my refrigerator. I have a calendar on my desk in my office. I have a calendar in my home office. And I also have calendars that I use on my phone through Google. So with Google, I'm able to access my calendars from anywhere on my laptop, my tablet, my computer at work, and also on my phone. And I think it's important for you to have those calendars as daily reminders to help you 
save time so you don't have to dig around trying to figure out when a bill is due. I don't think anybody forgets when they're getting paid, but it just helps you see like when I'm getting paid, when money is coming out without having to rely on a bill that's coming in the mail to tell you when it's due. Basically relying on yourself and you're being the person that's in control of these things and not the other way around. For more information about the different products that I use or the tools that I recommend for organizing, make sure you look in the show notes below in this section. There's like some links below this episode, depending on what platform you're looking at. Just look in the show notes and you'll have a link to all of the different suggestions that I recommend for you to get started, as well as the blog post that I'm talking about today. Last but not least is step three to the financial independence, and that is behavior change. This is a big one for a lot of people because they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to change their behaviors. And, you know, it's probably the hardest thing that a lot of people have to do because this is something that you just don't do once and then that, and then that's it. It's not like, oh, I go buy a calendar and I put it on my refrigerator and I make sure that I do my calendar, you know, look at my calendar every day. Behavioral change is something that something that happens over time. The person that I was when I started my journey in August 2018 is not the person that I was in September and then October and then December 2018. It was something that I had to gradually learn how to do. So behavior change is a decision to change what you're doing to become debt-free. One thought followed by a series of purposeful actions that may be uncomfortable at first, but rewarding at every milestone. A few people may blame their personal debt, like I used to, on a student loan crisis, on minimum wage, and other people blame it on like gender pay inequality, racial wage gaps, and all of these things are valid. Like, don't get me wrong when I say this, all of these things are valid. But you also have to consider that most people are in debt due to their own lack of education or lack of self-control. I'm raising my hand here because that was also me. I had no self-control when it came down to where how I spent my money. I had no self-control on how I was using credit cards. And I had no self-control of keeping money in the savings account and not touching it. So I raised my hand and I'm pointing to myself too because that was me. And sometimes if I'm not careful, I usually fall back into those bad habits. But now that I know those bad habits and I'm aware of them, I can see them happening and I can like stop it right there and be like, no, don't, don't do that. Here's my advice on a few things that I recommend on my blog that you should start doing and a few things that you should stop doing. You should stop one, looking at other people around you. This is big because you don't want to keep comparing yourselves to other people, other people's journeys, because everybody's background is different. Everybody's financial situation is different. So make sure you're not looking at people around you to figure out what your journey should be. You should also stop accruing debt. This is huge. Also stop making fun of frugal people. I actually learned a lot from frugal people. So being in the financial independence slash debt-free community, there's a, a range of people that you encounter. And some of them are super frugal and some of them are just like like me, like kind of in the middle. And what I've learned from super frugal people, and I would put in that category, my boyfriend, he's super frugal, he's very frugal. I've learned to not make fun of them because more millionaires are frugal than there is people that are not. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about cheap people. Cheap and frugal people are two different things. I'm talking about 
frugal people. Frugal people are people that you can learn from. They live below their means and they only spend money on things that are important to them. So those are some things that you can actually learn from frugal people instead of making fun of them. You should also stop planning on carrying debt to the grave. I hear a lot of people, especially in the black community, that they're going to carry debt to the grave. I'm never going to pay that bill off. I'm never going to pay student loans off. I'm never going to pay this house off. I'm just going to have this debt for the rest of my life. And you should not you should not live like that. You should not be thinking like that. You should definitely figure out a way to get rid of debt and not accrue any extra debt and not think that you're going to take debt to the grave. So many of us want to leave legacies. So many of us want to leave something for our grandchildren, our grandchildren's children. And you can't do that by taking debt to the grave. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to your children. That's not fair to generations to come. And it's not fair to your community. So definitely reconsider that and stop doing that. Also stop thinking about what your life should be like now. This was something that I struggled with this thought the first year on my journey because I was just thinking like, man, if I didn't have this debt, I could do whatever I want. I could drive a Mercedes Benz. I can live in a nice high rise in Buckhead with, you know, a bell guy, an elevator guy. Like I could do this. I can do that. And then you start thinking about these things over and over and over and over till you realize that you're out here trying to create that lifestyle, creating more debt for you because you think that you should have a certain lifestyle now. So you're like ignoring your debt, ignoring your bills, and you're going after this lifestyle that you think that you deserve and that you should have. Stop doing that. Focus on what your goals are. Focus on getting out of debt. Focus on being financially independent. And don't worry about what your life should be like now. And just focus on what your life could be in the future if you just stay focused. Now that I got all the negative things out of the way, (laughs) and I don't want this to be a rant of like, Krishan trying to tell me what to do. I usually get that a lot from my family, like Krishan said, and Krishan doesn't know everything. Krishan's not right. So I want to make sure that I'm also following up with some things that you should start doing, some positive things. One, you should start researching ways on how to get out of debt today. This helped me tremendously by just researching different ways that people were able to get out of debt. Last week, my cousin um, reached out to me about trying to find um, some different podcasts that she can listen to. And I gave her some different podcasts and I was really excited for her that she reached out to me to learn more about how she can learn more from other people to shape her own journey. So be sure that you're looking for ways on how you can get out of debt because everybody's situation is different. So you just have to make sure that you're finding ways that will help you get out of debt and how to get out of debt today and not tomorrow. Don't wait until tomorrow. Tomorrow is just an excuse for you to not do it. So make sure that you're finding a way to get it done today. Also start examining your spending habits. Like I mentioned earlier, mint.com or the mint app, a really good tool for this. You can use that to examine your spending habits to see if you're spending five to $700 on food, or if you're underspending in different categories, or maybe you have extra money at the end of the month that you didn't even know that you had because you didn't know how to check and look at your spending habits. Yes, you can look at your bank account and you know manage your money with your bank and see different categories and areas like that. But tools like Mint actually break things down for you. It picks up trends. It shows you how to um, manage your money in different ways that you may not have known. It also shows you things that you didn't even know was there. Just the other week, I got a notification from Mint that I spent 
15 cents on an international transaction fee that I didn't even know existed because I didn't know that the company that I bought some tools from was an international company. And so for the fact that I used my card on file to pay for that, there was a fee that popped up. My bank wouldn't have told me that I paid for a fee until the actual fee was due at the end of the month. So little things like that helps you to examine your spending habits and check out some things that you may have missed. Some other things that you can do, two more things, um, start a payoff schedule. With my clients that I work with one-on-one, by the time we get to our third session, second or third session together, I help them create a payoff schedule. So basically this schedule shows you what you need to do to get to your debt payoff date or your financial freedom date. And this helps you to get excited about your journey. It helps you to see exactly all of the steps that you need to do, all of the payments that you need to make, all of the money that you need to save to get to your goal. And it encourages you along your journey to keep going. Last but not least, start an emergency plan. Um, I don't care if it's $500, $1,000, or $2,000. Try to start an emergency savings fund for emergencies. I recommend using an online savings account because you're getting more money than you would if you were just saving at a regular at a regular bank. The good news after all of that stop and start is that, you know, there are 35% of Americans who see debt freedom in their near future, and you could be one of them. And as more Americans are starting to pay off debt every day, you need to know that it's a possibility. So once you go through these three steps of changing your mindset, um, getting organized, and then learning how to change the behaviors that you're currently doing around money, know that there's a possibility that one day you're going to be debt free. One day you're going to have financial independence. And it's not one day well off into the future of 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. No, like this is something that can happen in five years. This is something that can happen in 10 years. I see it all the time in my community, on my Instagram, on my Facebook on my channels, people that email me, people that send me text messages and let me know about their journeys, that their lives are changing based off of changing their mindset, getting organized and changing their behavior. Debt is a dream killer. And if you don't change your behavior, you will be chained to debt for the rest of your life. You'll have nothing positive to show for it in old age or even 10 years from now, you won't have anything to show for until you decide to change your mindset, get organized, and be more accountable for the different behaviors that you have around money. So yeah, those are my three steps that I took to start my process of debt payoff. And if you're actually interested in learning more about my process I do go into detail about it on my website at moneywithana.com. And you can also learn more about my journey and the different steps that I took to have a successful journey so far. Um, In a few more episodes, I'm actually going to talk about how my budget breaks down to show you that you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to live a debt-free life, to start a debt-free journey, and to start your journey to financial independence. Like You don't have to have a lot of money to do that. You don't have to make a lot of money to do that. And you don't have to have a lot of money going towards debt every month to do that. So I'm definitely going to show you how I do that in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. In my newsletter that went out on Monday, make sure you're subscribed. 
to my newsletter, by the way, moneywithana.com backslash subscribe. I talked about three topics and the biggest one that was like the top money news of the week was the presidential orders that happened. President extended unemployment benefits, provided a payroll tax holiday, and also extended the moratorium on evictions. My favorite thing that happened on that list was the deferment of student loans. Like, y'all. Now, I won't go, you know, I won't get too deep into the politics of what's happening right now between the different branches of government, but I will say that I am appreciating the extra cash that's been thrown my way and most thankful for the deferment of student loans. Like before the year is out, I plan on writing a blog post about how the pandemic has actually helped my debt payoff progress by pushing it further. For example, the extra money that I've been getting has helped me to grow my online business. It's helped me to pay off some debt. And the student loan deferment has actually enabled me to put more money towards other debts that had higher interest. I haven't been affected by the pandemic as far as looking for, having to look for a job, but it has been good to hear that, you know, depending on what's being measured, the unemployment rate is actually improving. Um, according to CNBC's, the unemployment rate fell in July by Greg in another article, a little known part of the CARES Act article by Jill Cornfield, there's a clause in there that says that college students can now collect unemployment. So if you're in college, that's something I definitely look into so you can see if you qualify for the extra $400. So make sure that you look into that. But yeah, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, too much in DC right now. And I don't want to speak on that, but I definitely am happy that I'm getting this extra money. Well, that's all I have to share this week. Next week, I'm actually featuring my first guest. I'm featuring a single mom of adult twins who's on her journey to financial independence before retirement. She went from not thinking she'll ever pay off her debt, including student loans, to doing just that while no longer living paycheck to paycheck, almost hitting her savings goals and empowering her daughters and her sisters to do the same. So stay tuned for that episode. I don't want you to miss it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money with the Nay show. I really appreciate you for being a part of my day one listeners. I appreciate the love so, so much. You guys, did a phenomenal job last week of listening to my episode and leaving a review. And I really, really appreciate every single one of you. If you haven't done so, so far, make sure that you subscribe to my podcast channel and leave a review. I love to hear what you guys think about it. And thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.